Welcome back to Single Minded, where we are flipping the script on being single. I am your host, Hannah First. And I'm your co-host, Linda. And today, Linda, you've got a ton of notes that you've been writing. I tried to interact (laughs) with you in person the other night and I said something, you said, oh, hold up, oh, and you went and you ran and got a notebook (laughs) and started making notes. And I was like, I've created a content monster. Yes, I have a notepad with me at all times. (laughs) But what I've noticed is you've been in a very different mindset since you became a freelancer and since you came back from your little Queensland getaway. And I wondered, is it because you are aligned with the loving energy of the universe (laughs) and you keep happening upon the number 69? Is that a divine nudge? From your spirit team that you are in alignment and on the right track. I think. By the way, I Googled all that one day, Jumbo. (laughs) Thoughts? I don't know what's happened, but I think that my energy has definitely shifted and I am 100% high vibing at the moment. High vibe. I'm totally just in flow is another way to describe it. Okay. I don't know. Maybe I am seeing the number 69 and you didn't believe me, mum, but the other day I posted a photo of you and me on Instagram and I was like, let's see how many likes it's got. And I clicked on the view insights and what number was there? 69. And then I said, let's check it again. And I said, <laughs> view insights. And what number was it? 169. So seriously, and then I was at the nail salon the other day and I I wonder if the number 69 is just like it's just a sign to me that I'm on the right path. Maybe mm. that's the sign. Being on the right path, you have had a little get-to-know date at Bunnings. <laughs> How was that? So I have been trialling this new thing. It's voice memos on Bumble. And so instead of writing a message, because I downloaded Bumble because I've been on Hinge and I probably sent 10 to 15 messages, no one responded. And I was mm. like, this is fucked. So I, I had been chatting to her name's Alicia and she had told me about voice memos on Bumble. So I was like, I'm going to give this a go. So I've been opening, like the first thing I do on Bumble is send a voice memo. Yes. And I started chatting to this guy and we were sending voice notes and he's like, what are you doing today? And I said, I'm going to Bunnings to buy a plant. Like I'm not employed at the moment, so I just do whatever I want. And he then said, oh, I'll come and meet you at Bunnings. Like he lives nearby. And he's like, I'll drop in and help (laughs) you choose a plant. So we did go and get a plant. And then mum, I decided that mum and I should start sending voice notes. And mm. I sent you a voice it's note too saying, complicated. I sent you a voice note and I said, the first one, I said, mum, you need to come down and help me pot my plants. And this was <laughs> mum's first ever voice note. Yeah, doll, I'll be there. Plant planting isn't that hard, but anyway, when I've had my lunch. (laughs) By the way, just really quickly for those listening on the voice memos, Alicia is actually going to come onto the podcast for an intro and her and I and you, mum, are going to chat about how do you kind of tackle this new Because it's almost, if you don't like it, can you delete it? And then re-record? No. Well, you can just, no. I think it just sends it, to be honest. Yeah. Mm. So you've got another date booked and we had a girls' night in last Friday at Alice's Place and there's been movement at the dating game because you said, I'm going to look really spunky, full glam, sexy top makeup and in my head I said, finally she's (laughs) taking my advice. So 
Question, what has changed? Because it's usually gym gear, no makeup or jeans with flats. And I was wondering if you'd had a rethink when Joe said on our dating X episode that she yeah. wore a black yeah. silky dress and heels on a date. That episode with Joe gave me a bit of inspo because I haven't been putting much effort in lately and I think that's because I was in a bit of a dating slump and then all of a sudden I've got my mojo back and I think that you know, it's just been really fun getting to know people. And actually a guy the other night, listen to this, mum, I haven't told you this. He sent me his number and said, give me a call if you're bored tonight. Guess what I did? I called oh, him. Oh, really? Yes. Do you reckon that was a booty call though? No, 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 no. No, it was just friendly. No, it was just like, let's upgrade from like Bumble and just chat. I've been saying yes to everything and okay. as part of this challenge well, Don't that I'm say s- yes to too much. <laughs> Keep some things. Thanks, Mum. That's good <laughs> mum advice. No, but I think that because I'm so I'm just back in the zone of dating, I think it's fun to get dressed up. And Joe definitely gave me the inspo. Like, yeah, good. why not? I'm why so not? Glad. Not heels and though. I'm still gonna wear jeans and flats. Oh, that's all right. Yeah. But spunk it up a bit. And yeah. with the Bunnings date, you said you had a bit in common. Am I right in saying you said you needed to buy Drano and he said he needed to buy Drano? <laughs> I don't Is think that right? <laughs> yes. No. And then you said you like to sleep alone and then he said he likes to sleep no, alone. No, he I just... said he said I like <laughs> to sleep alone and I said I like to sleep oh, alone. I think there was some kind of shadow marketing going on here. <laughs> Mum is obsessed with this new phrase. I've never heard her say shadow marketing before. <laughs> and then all of a sudden she said it three times in a week. She said, I th- I think that's shadow marketing. I think it is. <laughs> Since when do you know what shadow marketing is? Really, I used to worry about your insomnia slash sleeping habits. Yeah. I used to think, how would you ever be able to live with a partner? Because it seemed weird that yeah. a young couple would be sleeping in separate beds or separate rooms. But I did some research and I'm happy to report it is perfectly fine. Sleeping apart isn't necessarily a sign of a loveless or sexless union and it can be better for your relationship. And as you know, I still have king single beds on my shopping list. Rob and I took the twin beds in the Noosa house and it was 10 nights of sleeping bliss. Hold on, you and Dad did twin beds. Really? So one of the rooms had twin, and I went, "That's my room." Oh my god! We slept through the night. I didn't get hot. He didn't oh. get cold. And so now back at home, even in our king, he's drifting over to my side because he's cold. I have to push him back to his side <laughs> because I'm hot, and it's just like these endless night walks. So I'm coming round. Yeah, you will find someone that likes to sleep alone. Maybe in the same room, maybe not, but at least separate beds. Thank you, Linda. Thank you. (laughs) And also on that note, I have actually reached out to some sleep experts because I would like to do an episode on, you know, normalising sleeping in a separate bed. And I read an article on The Guardian that was together apart, why sleeping in separate beds is not always the beginning of the end. And it actually can be good for relationships where they have, you know, different temperatures and it's causing. And different schedules. Yeah, 100%. Mm, mm. So today I am interviewing Cara Hayes. She has a program called Six Months of Me and we chat about her six months just focusing on herself. So let's get into the interview and Linda, we will be back after. 
I'm really excited to welcome Cara Hayes to the podcast. We actually met through Instagram and Cara is a life coach, but instead of me telling your story, I would love for you to start by telling everyone a little bit about yourself. Yes, absolutely. So I'm still getting used to to calling myself a life coach and defining myself in that way, but the last few years have really been so transformative for me. So just six months ago, I quit my job in advertising and launched a personal development program called Six Months of Me. So I essentially help women along their personal development journeys, whatever that looks like. And in doing that, I realized that my passion, my dream is to become a certified life coach. So now I'm I'm going off and going to a six-month program where at the Mm -hmm. end, I will be able to formally call myself a life coach and continue helping women. My my true goal and my true mission is to help single women feel complete on their own because, Mm -hmm. and we can get into my story, but for so long, I just felt like if I wasn't with someone, I wasn't worthy and Mm -hmm. I needed someone else in my life to complete me. And kind of what we were, what we were talking about offline was back in 2019, it all really came to a head where I had just ended a relationship and it was with a a man who he was, he was a really great guy, no shade to him, but he wasn't my guy. And I knew that from the beginning, but Mm -hmm. I felt like I had to be with someone So Mm -hmm. I just, I dated him for over a year, which was far too long. And at the end of that, I realized like something has to change. Like there is something inside of me that I have to fix and I have to work on before I get back out into the dating world. And that's where I came up with this program, this journey that I developed for myself called six months of me. And I said, literally for the next six months, it is all about me. I am just Mm -hmm. focusing on myself and every month I'm going to focus on an area of my life that I want to improve. And the biggest piece of it was that I couldn't date or I couldn't drink the whole six months. Oh my God. I love that. The no drinking thing. That's really interesting. Why did you decide to add no dating? I can understand, but no drinking is interesting. For me, I I didn't see myself realistically making any progress if I kept drinking the way I was, Mm. at least in the States, the drinking culture is very, it like runs rampant and everything Mm. revolves around alcohol. So I found myself, you know, working this great job in advertising and going to all these happy hours and work parties and drinking too much and feeling terrible the next day. And then it was this spiral of like shame almost. And, Mm -hmm. and I drank a lot in that last relationship too. And so I knew I wanted to step away to reevaluate my relationship with alcohol, but also I knew I wouldn't have time to focus on myself Mm. if I was always hungover and anxious from that. Oh, it's funny. I haven't actually said this on this podcast. I haven't drunk this whole year. Wow. Good for you. Yeah. So I feel exactly the same. I find it really hard to work on myself if I'm out drink but also the rec- like as you get older the recovery is not the same oh my gosh no like every year it just gets worse where you yeah. can have three glasses of wine and my entire next day is shot like i can't yeah. i can't do anything and I said to my therapist the other day, actually, I said, I know I'm never going to become the person I'm meant to be if I keep drinking. 
And yes. it just, it takes so much more away from you than. It does. Yeah. I think the hard thing for people though, and I'm going to be doing an episode on this, I put this question box out about asking people like, you know, what do you do to help your nerves on a first date? Everyone responded with drinking and I was like, there has to be a better way, people. We have to be able to calm ourselves down. And I've been on dates sober. Yes, it's more difficult, but you definitely are able to go into it with a different mindset. 100%. And I will tell you, same thing. I have done some dates with alcohol, some dates without, and I have such a clearer picture of the person after the dates when I'm not drinking. And people get second dates who really shouldn't be getting second dates (laughs) on dates I'm drinking because, right? Like, oh my gosh, I'm like, I'm three glasses of wine deep and I'm looking at him like, wow, this is, I'm having such a good time. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm drunk. That's that's all it is. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about what happened in that sort of six months where you focused on yourself. What sort of areas of your life did you want to improve on? Yeah. So the biggest ones, like I mentioned, and people get confused when I talk about this. So six months I did no drinking and no dating and I stuck to it and it was wonderful, but I did dedicate one month to dating. And when I say that, I mean, I really evaluated and I looked back on my past relationships and I said, Mm. what went well, what didn't, and then what am I looking for in a partner? Like got really clear. I have a list of like exactly Mm. what I'm looking for in a partner and the deal breakers that I just I will not accept them in a future relationship. And I did similar things with alcohol. I took a month to just really educate myself on what does alcohol actually do to my body and why do I feel the need to drink when I do? And I got a better understanding of why alcohol played such a big role in my life. Mm, and in dating, it, it does play a really big role in dating. Oh my gosh, yes. Like just every area of our life, like even at work, it was hard to not drink at work, which yep. was such a crazy thing to take a step back from, be like, this is a workplace and I'm feeling pressured to drink all the time. And mm. dating was, yeah, another one that I honestly, if I was dating during those six months, I don't know if I would have stuck with no drinking. My friends were so kind about it. My family was so supportive. But if I was going on first dates, I don't think I would have been strong enough at that point to to stick through it. But Mm. beyond that, I, I focused on like nutrition and fitness and my mental health as well. So I started journaling and that was a practice that I have kept so sacred. I journal every single day now. And it started because I just made that commitment I have bought so many journals and I never, ever do it. People always say to me, you're in your head. The best thing that you can do, because I don't sleep very, I sleep terribly. And it's like, if you're in your head, write it down. Yep. But I buy all these notebooks and expensive <laughs> notebooks and then I never do it. How did you get into the um, rhythm of doing it every day? Oh my gosh. I I get this question all the time because I bring it up in my six months of me groups and Mm -hmm. the girls say the same thing. They say, everyone tells me I should do it. My therapist tells me I should do it. My friends tell me I should do it. I just can't get myself to do it. And for me, especially if you struggle with like anxiety or depression, it's really important to get those thoughts out of your head and onto paper. So you're not Mm -hmm. carrying around the weight of whatever stressing you out or whatever you're overthinking from the day before. So I used it. I think what scares people off is they think it's like a diary and you have to sit down and write Mm. like every detail of your last day. And for me, it's really about 
processing what happened yesterday. So is there something on my mind? Did I stay up too late? And do I feel kind of crummy right now? Okay, let's hash that out. Why did I stay up late? What am I going to do differently today? Or did I go on a date last night? How did it go? How am I feeling right now? What did I like about him? What, you know, do I not like? And then I use the other half to really just map out what my day looks like. So it's, Mm. you know, after this, I'm going to work out. And then these are the three things on my to-do list that I have to do. And I always like, I love it because it gives me an excuse to not get out of bed immediately. Like I Mm -hmm. go back in bed, I take a cup of coffee with me. So it's kind of this like 15 minute grace period where I get to lay in bed and I don't have to really start my day yet. And that's made it easier to stick with because it's, I love it. Like it's a very pleasant experience. Mm. So sorry, continue on with the six months. What what sort of happened at the end of it? Oh my gosh. So by the end, I, and I really didn't expect this. I didn't know exactly what to expect, but I knew I wanted to work on myself. And I was like, you know, I'm going to spend this time getting to know myself. And what happened was I started loving myself. And for a long time, and what's important to note is that I always struggled with self-esteem growing up. Like, so I had an eating disorder for seven years. I sought treatment for a whole seven years for as long as I can remember, I always wanted someone else's body. I always wanted someone else's personality. I didn't ever truly love myself. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know why. I just thought there were these two kinds of people in the world, like the person who loves themselves and they're confident and the other people who just want to be someone else. And I fell Mm -hmm. into that second bucket. And what I realized was by intentionally giving myself the time and energy that I deserved, right? And giving myself the love that I so badly wanted from a partner, Mm. I started to love me. So instead of outsourcing that job to someone else, I started making it an internal job. And that is when everything clicked and everything changed. Yeah. I I really relate to that because I I think for my entire 20s, I thought – the quickest way to build self-esteem was getting attention from men or whoever, you know, you're attracted to. So I legitimately thought like I would walk into a place all dressed up, looking amazing. Guys would hit on me left, right and center. And then I would wake up and have self-esteem. Like I legit thought that that never happened like ever. Oh my gosh. No, I 100% agree with you. I have a friend who is the most, she's so beautiful. And Mm. she is the kind of girl who walks into a bar and everyone approaches her. Like guys will stop her on the street and Mm -hmm. ask for her number. I've never been that girl. I'm not saying that I'm not beautiful and confident (laughs) with who I am now, but I genuinely thought I have to somehow become that girl so I can learn to love myself. And that's, it's so wrong. Like there's nothing wrong with being that girl. It's wonderful. But there's this quote that says like, if external validation is your only source of nourishment, you'll be starving for the rest of your life because that's Mm, such a small piece of your self-esteem. Like so much Mm -hmm. of it comes from, from within. Were there any kind of things that you did or practices that you had to help you on your journey of self-esteem? Yeah. I mean, I think again, journaling was so pivotal because I started to really stop running from my thoughts and my feelings and being able to sit with myself. Mm -hmm. That was huge. The other parts were just getting out of my comfort zone. I think for a while I was waiting for a partner to come into my life to feel like I could start this next chapter of life, right? Mm -hmm. Like I had all of these 
visions of I'm going to get a dog and I'm going to buy a house and I'm going to have kids. But all of that was contingent in my mind on having a partner or finding a husband or having a boyfriend. And I said, I want to start building a life that I love right now. Like if I want a dog, I can get a dog right now. You know what I did? I got a dog and she's my best friend and (laughs) I love her so much. Yeah. She's just amazing. And same thing. I said, I want to buy a condo in Chicago. So I'm going to start saving up for a condo in Chicago. And I started, or I should say, I stopped waiting for someone Mm. to come into my life to start crafting the life that I love. And I got out of my comfort zone. I think, again, I was waiting for someone, for example, skydiving. I was like, I would totally go skydiving if someone would ask me to go with them. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, it's one of those things that you're like, I feel like I need to do it with someone else. That's how I felt about going camping. I wanted to go camping so badly and do like a hike and camp, but I was waiting for someone else to ask me. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And there's so many like trying new restaurants and going on trips. Like there's so many things that we put on hold because we just want to do it with someone else when really we could have just as good of a time doing it on our own. And so I said a big step for me and this kind of big milestone was my 24th birthday was coming up during those six months. And I said, I want to do something special for me by myself. Obviously Mm -hmm. couldn't involve drinking because I wasn't going to, wasn't going to be drinking. And I was, I was set in my ways. So I said, I'm going to go skydiving alone and Mm -hmm. I am going to drive myself to the next state and I'm not going to tell anyone. I didn't tell my parents. I told I did tell my older brother because I was like, just in case I need someone in the family to know where I am, but don't worry, I'll be fine. And it was the most incredible experience because in that, like falling out of the plane, I just felt myself becoming more confident in who I was. Isn't it like the best feeling when you do something on your own that scares you? It's actually like extremely rewarding. It is so much. I don't want to say it's better than doing it with someone else, but it is just, it's different. Like it's just so it's different. different. Mm. And yes, like it was so funny. Cause I, I got to the skydiving place and they're like, are you waiting for someone? And I was like, no, no, it's just me. <laughs> and they're like, oh, okay. I go, it's my birthday. Like I, I want to yes. do something fun for my birthday. And similarly, I took, I love to cook. And I always said, I would love to go to culinary school. And Obviously, I'm not going to go to culinary school, but this place in Chicago offers a week-long culinary boot camp, and it's 40 hours of just intensive learning how to cook, and it's this kind of consolidated culinary school. And I signed up for that, did it all on my own, made friends in the class. It was things like that that Mm. I got out of it, and I was like, I can't believe I did that for me by myself, like proved to myself that I didn't need someone else. And it was through all of those little steps that Mm -hmm. I really fostered, like my self-esteem continued to grow. And I fostered self-confidence that now looking back, I'm such a different person from Mm. early 2019. Yeah. I really wanted to talk more about the six months of me. There's like a lot of practical things about it, but in terms of the, I guess, core of it is really about being complete on your own, yep. which I know from personal experience, it's it's a journey that probably never ends. Yes. <laughs> like yep. we get so many messages that we're not complete on our own. And I think that you continuously have to work on it. Tell me about your experiences with feeling complete on your own. 
Yeah. So I think for me and so many of the women that I see in the program, and I should say six months of me when I initially launched it. So I turned it into a program for all women. And I said, you can be in a relationship. It's totally up to you because even people in relationships still feel like they lose themselves in it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, so it's not always just the single women who are struggling, which I think is really, really important to remember is the grass isn't yeah. always greener. I think also some people stay in relationships because they're scared of what's yes. next. Like, what am I going to do? Who am I without this person? I think there's probably an element of that as well. hundred percent. Yeah. And that's why I, I stress to everyone. And I talk about this on Instagram all the time is like, the idea of feeling complete on your own is so important because God forbid you do get in a relationship that is toxic or manipulative or abusive. You have to feel confident enough to leave and to get out Mm. or even on the lower end of the scale. If it's just not a good relationship for you and he's not your guy, you should be able to get out and not waste. Like I did a year of your life with this guy that you knew wasn't right for you. And so there is such a, such a benefit to feeling complete on your own. But the core of six months of me is I kind of let people pick what six areas of their lives that they want to work on. And so the goal is by the end of it, you've poured such intentional time and energy into yourself that you feel more complete. And again, it doesn't just come from like, making a budget and, you know, eating more leafy greens. It comes from showing up for yourself every single day. Mm -hmm. And that's really like the number one value. Now in the program, I kind of walk people through different exercises, like establishing your personal values and getting to know yourself, which is one of the number one tips I can give. If someone wants to feel more complete on their own is taking time away from whether it's a relationship or your job and really understanding what it is that you want and what you value. Mm -hmm. And from there, I think really understanding what's holding you back. And that's where we get into the work of like limiting beliefs and those negative kind of the negative narrative in our head that can, can hold us back. And so when you've done all that work, you can feel so much more confident in who you are because you're continually showing up for yourself and you're putting in the work. And like you said, it's a journey. Like I will Mm. never say that, you know, at the end of six months, you will feel like you can conquer the world and you are a completely different person. You will always have to put in the work because there's someone said it to me the other day, like new level, new devil. So every time you level up in your life, mm. there will be another challenge, right? Mm-hmm. If you become a mom, so right? like you can, oh. yeah, like you yeah. can feel so confident in this stage of life, but let's say mm. you decide to go back to school. That's going to present another set of challenges and doubts. And if you become a mother, totally. that's another set of challenges. And so the work is continuous, but once you know how to work on yourself and how to put yourself first, it's so much easier. I so relate to that because I've recently left, I had a full-time nine to five job and I decided I wanted to work more freelance and do more creative work because I've always sort of had full-time jobs. Like you don't really get that financial insecurity. And so you make that decision and you're like, oh fuck, like now I have to deal with this whole other thing that I haven't dealt with in so many years. Yeah. Big changes I love, but you are presented with a whole heap of new challenges. 
Yes. And you always think like, it's going to be so much better on the other side. And the truth is like, yes, it can be for a short period of time, but we always come back to, I think they call it the hedonic set point. And it's like our Mm -hmm. set point for happiness. And I thought the same thing. So I quit my nine to five, probably five or six months ago and started working on six months of me full time and becoming a life coach. And there was this thought that, oh my gosh, I'm going to be so much happier, but yes, I am happier, but there's, like you said, there's still so much stress and new stress that I didn't even know. So yeah, I come back to this idea of just taking care of myself and continuing to build myself up. And then I can continue operating at these higher levels, but Mm. it really does come down to loving yourself enough to keep showing up for yourself and putting in the work that has to be done. I'd love to talk about spending time alone. I never want to tell people that being alone can always be amazing because I feel loneliness. Like you do go through periods of loneliness when you don't have a partner. Mm -hmm. You don't get to a point where you love yourself. You love being alone and then forever you feel complete. Like that's not been my experience. I'd love to hear about sort of your experiences with spending time alone. And especially you've, you've mentioned intentional time that you spend by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So I completely hear you. I was thinking about this today too. Like, and I love to brand this idea that like being single is amazing. And it is, it is Mm. such an incredible opportunity in your life to get to know yourself independent of anyone else. Right. Like, and it should be such a selfish time in our lives to like figure out who we are and what we want. And we have nothing holding us back or holding us down. Now, On the flip side, it can be very lonely. And I think it's okay to say, like, I love being single, but I do want a relationship at some point. And I do crave that. Like, there are nights still that, you know, I think you were talking about it on a a podcast, a recent podcast, where it's like, you know, Friday night, you're organizing your closet, I think you said. And I I do a very similar thing. I (laughs) I don't go out a ton, again, since I'm not drinking and there's a pandemic. Like, I spend a lot of time alone. and you feel good in the moment and then you go on social media and you're like, oh yeah. shit, like, okay, shit. S- yeah, so-and-so is getting oh. dinner and she has 15 friends with her and the other person's on yep. a date with their boyfriend and now I feel terrible. It's like a stab in the heart sometimes yes. and I so agree with you. Like being single is amazing because you you get to learn so much about yourself and you get to be the person that gets to meet the person when you're, when you both have that kind of independence. So you're able to like have lives together, but also have your own separate interests. Yep. But yeah, like it, or, or I'll watch like a romantic movie and I'll just start sobbing. Oh my like, gosh. I'm like, what's going on? No, like I can't, I don't put the rom-coms <laughs> on right now because I know I'll get yeah. upset and like, I think it's important to remind people like it's okay to have that feeling. Yeah. To feel both things. Like I love being single. I see the benefits, but there is a part of me that still does want a relationship at some point. But the key is to get to a point that I think you and I are both at is we're comfortable and we're complete on our own. We don't need someone to complete us. But now if we do find someone who is such a good complement to our lives that we've built, then we'll know like this is this is my person. Yeah. And going back to that, I think, you know, when I was dating so much in my really early, early 20s, I 
was just a chameleon. I'm such a people pleaser by nature and it has worked well for me, but there's other times like when you're in a relationship and you kind of morph who you are to that person Mm. and taking a step back by spending time alone, I was able to really understand my personality, what I bring to the table, what I have to offer in a relationship or even independent of relationships, what I can bring to my career and what I can offer to like future clients and getting to know myself. But like you were saying with that comes a lot of time by yourself. And Mm. I think for me, I may be socializing. The pandemic has really forced it, right? Because Mm. you can't do a ton of social things, if anything. And this year, especially I've found myself alone with my dog for lucky you got the dog. Oh my gosh. The beginning, right when March hit, I was like, I'm getting a dog. Uh, This is my chance. Good, good choice. I was going a little crazy. And for me, I had to find a good balance because I'm very extroverted by nature. Mm. Since I am extroverted, I have to find opportunities to connect with people, but I've also become so self-reliant and I've been able to be alone with myself because there Mm. was a time that I was going out five, six nights a week because I just didn't want to be alone. Mm. And now I love being alone. Yeah. I also love leaving early and going home and like, <laughs> I love doing yes. that. <laughs> I'm like, I don't have to make an excuse to anyone. I'm not even going to make up a lie. I'm just going to yeah. leave and no one's yeah. going to notice. Like nobody's yeah. going to care. And exactly like just not feeling the need to please other people and doing what you know you need to do. So for me, that means like I read my book every night, nine o'clock lights are off. So like in an hour from now, the lights are going off, Penny's in bed, I am opening up a book and I'm sitting in my bed. And it's things like that, like my journaling yeah. or my time spent alone in the kitchen cooking. Like those are the most important moments for me. And even when I can anticipate like a Valentine's Day, I knew this Valentine's Day was going to suck. Every time mm. I look around and Valentine's Day comes around and I see all the social media posts, mm. I don't think I've ever had a Valentine. So I'm like, especially bitter and those feelings come up a lot. And so I said this year, I am going to make the most amazing Valentine's day for myself. And I'm going to plan a day for me. And I bought filet mignon and I (sighs) signed up for this like virtual comedy show. And I made this like incredible spread and did my nails. And I had this whole day by myself and it was this wonderful like check-in almost of like, oh, I love being with me. And when I can put the time in to, to really spend quality time with myself, like I don't need anyone else to make me feel this way. Another key that I think is so important is I know what it feels like to receive the love that I want. So now I know what it's going to feel like and what I can expect from a future partner. So understanding your needs is, is so important. Thank you so much, Cara, for joining me today. It was so nice to connect with another single woman who enjoys her single time. Yes. Thank you for having me. I had a great time. Um, Where can people find you? So you can find me on Instagram. My handle is at Cara Hayes, C-A-R-A-H-A-Y-S. That's where most of my stuff is. And my website is linked there too. So yeah, just follow me on Instagram. All right, Linda, are you ready to spend six months on you now? (laughs) 
would love six months to focus just on me. Unfortunately, <laughs> that's not possible. Uh, but I liked her idea of journaling in the morning in bed with a coffee. I personally have never been one for journaling. I've got lots yes. of notebooks, but that's really for my to-dos. And now writing down ideas for the podcast. But it occurred to me that once, a long time ago, Alice gave me a journal and the front page said Linda's diet book. The next page said Linda's motivation, fitting into her clothes, Hannah's 21st, having more energy, being less hot, bothered and sweaty, being capable of running. I don't think so. And then the next page, overweight health concerns, and she listed 12 issues, some of which were diabetes, incontinence, hello, and premature death. She wrote she hours typed for it you. all up. Then she had printed out pictures of me on following pages looking trim and fit in the outdoors. <laughs> and then the next page had headings, date, weight, food consumed. <laughs> uh, so she did do her part. Now for mine, I How started. How old was she? Ten years ago. You were 21, 11 years ago. Oh, my God. So she did her part. Now I had to start keeping the journal. I have just checked it. I wrote on 20 pages over 10 years. That's two pages of journaling my food per year. What a failure. (laughs) And I've still got it sitting next to me in my file. It is very cute. Oh, my God, Linda. That is really funny. The only (laughs) other thing I did want to end with is that I'm back with a vengeance. So I took a break from my close friends. So on Instagram stories, I share all my dating updates on close friends as part of the bachelorette because Emmy, who was on the episode. Found love. Found love. So I've taken over from her and I keep thinking, Linda, if I meet someone, what the fuck are we going to do? Because um, every time Linda thinks I'm going to meet someone, she's like, oh, but but we'll still do the podcast. And I'm like, <laughs> actually, can you choose? Would you rather me meet someone and get married or would you rather continue doing the podcast? You have to choose one. I can't choose. We have to do both. We have to. No, in- I want you to choose. You'd rather do the podcast. I think um, I know. You'd rather do the podcast. I think I'd rather do the podcast. Let's keep you yep. exactly as you are. Yeah. <laughs> but I prefer you up vibe. Okay. Yeah, Not down okay. vibe. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, so if you want to follow my dating updates, just send me a DM on Instagram and just say, like, can you add me to close friends? Because I'll add you into the close friends so you can follow. Ooh, ooh, hang the- on. What, what are you going to put there? What do you mean? Are you going to start putting stories of dates again up there? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good, good, yeah. good. So, like, I'll sort of record before and after the date what I'm wearing. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I've got it. All right, everyone. Well, we'll see you next week. See you next week. If you made it this far, I'm hoping that you enjoyed the podcast. If you could subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review, that would be much appreciated. It really helps other people find the podcast. Not that I'm desperate or anything. See you next week.